Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Welcome, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benton, your happy hour host, and this episode is all about dreams. And I have so many questions. And here to answer them today is Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's one of America's premier dream analysts. Kelly is a regular guest on many national talk shows that have included The Dr. Oz Show, The Real, Bethany, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. She's helped thousands of people, including celebrities, unlock healing messages from their dreams to improve relationships, careers, health, wealth, and so much more. She's the author of 10 best-selling books, including her newly released, and I love this title. Well, I have to talk, we're going to talk about this for sure. Luminous Humanist, 365 Ways to Go, Grow, and Glow to Make It Your Best Year Yet. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Cheryl. What a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so excited because this is just such a fascinating topic. So first, let's start with 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 you because i know you're a certified uh, clinical hypnotherapist yes. but how did you become a dream expert and how did this become your life's mission oh i never sought out to become a dream expert and i don't know that there's an exact perfect path to become that but it just i was it's kind of like what life happens when you're making other plans um i Dreams have always been important to me, but they just were like the water I swam in. So it's like a fish saying, I'm an expert on water. That's weird. What's water? Um, So I, as most kids, I had a very vivid dream experience, lots of recalled dreams. Um, But I had a, my sister, Shannon, closest to me in age. I have five, there's five girls in my family altogether. Shannon's the one closest in age. And she and I, had a lot of tandem dream experiences. We've were a lot of psychic dreams together, dreams where we would end up in the same situation at the same time. And both of us would under, be, have, have those dreams. So that's kind fascinating. Of, yeah. I don't think it, I've ever heard of tandem dreams before. Tandem dreaming. A lot of people intend it, but this was something that was just an accidental phenomenon with us that happened frequently enough that that we were every day it was like okay what'd you do last night did you see this guy did, yeah oh my god what about the clown yes uh, so there was that was kind of a thing so wow. i think having a partner in crime or a partner in shine made me even just a bit more interested than than the average kid and my sister as well and we still to this day will have dreams that where we both have synchronicities, whether we're in the dream itself or we dreamt about the same thing, or it's, it, there's, we, 
we've been very close over the years, even though at this moment we're having a moment, a rough patch, but that's okay. We're psychically very in tuned. So that propelled me on the path. And when I started to notice that my dreams weren't just kind of a fun nighttime movie theater experience, but they were actually giving me information when I was growing up, going through high school, getting into relationships, my dreams would give me insight about the people I was with and about my friends and about why things were happening. I could see one friend was really mad at me for something and I couldn't understand why, but I had a dream that I was her and I could completely understand why she was pissed off at Kelly. <laughs> and I woke up from that and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I see what I did. And I, because I, I felt what you felt like. And I, uh, you know, so there were things like that that were just really helpful, but all very personal. Um, and then I, I went in pursuit of acting for most of my twenties. And during that time, I really didn't pay attention to my dreams because I was, didn't have to be, but I became so externally focused that I, in many ways, lost track of what my dreams were telling me. And I hit a crisis point where I, it's almost like I had gone so far in away from myself in what do you want me to be? I'll tap dance. I'll be the villain. I'll be the widow. What do you want? I'll be that. Almost like the Groucho Marx complex to the, to the max. Like if you'd want me, why would I want to be a part of anything that you would have me for a member? I, I was just so disconnected that I fell into crisis, went into therapy, saved my life. And the therapist that I was seeing, um, let me know that I would start having, I mean, suggested in hypnotherapy that I would start having dreams. And my dreams did start to come back with a vengeance, nightmares, lots of nightmares, but it was, it was because they were like pent up from the decade that I had suppressed them. And she told me this wonderful therapist, Linda Redman, she said, um, a night, a nightmare is an unfinished dream. And it's up to you to figure out how to finish that dream. You can, you can construct that with your waking consciousness. And that became fascinating to me. So I started to be able to apply that to myself. Eventually, I wanted to help other people with this. I became a certified clinical hypnotherapist and working with clients and their dreams. And that's what I've been doing now since it's been 25 years since then. That is just such a fascinating story. I mean, all of it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, hearing things mm. I've never heard before, like tandem dreams and, and, and whatnot, but I mm -hmm. can't wait to talk about more of us and, and get into dreams. But first, I really want to talk a little bit about your new book, Luminous Humanist. You pronounced and, that perfectly, by the way, bravo was, to you. Oh, and it was inspired by a near death experience that you had. So tell us what this was about. Yeah. And what is luminous humanist? Mm, yeah. So I um so I go, I write about it in detail. So I won't give all the details, but let's just say um it was it was around my 40th birthday. I knew that it was at 8 8 2008. I knew it was going to be so you could do the math to figure out how old I am. I'm 52. <laughs> um but it was, I knew it was going to be a special time. So it was a birthday party at a restaurant and a friend um, gave me a special cookie. And I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I didn't know that there was hash in that cookie. And I only took a bite, a bite no bigger than my thumbnail. And, but because I had an empty stomach, it was before I'd eaten anything. I'm a lightweight, not immediately, but 
about, let's say half an hour, 45 minutes into our meal, I, I took, I left, I left my body. I passed out. I turned blue. They called the, they called the 911 and, and all of that, but I, I was unresponsive. Um, meanwhile, my, while my body is like flatlining and they're, they're preparing to load me up on an ambulance. Meanwhile, for, during the 15 minutes that it took for them to finally get the ambulance and get the paramedics and all of that, I was having the time of my life. I was liberated from the density of my body. And I had had great moments of this, like in meditation and yoga classes and different spiritual retreats, but nothing so immersive as this, where I was just like on a, a, one of those people movers. It's not exactly an escalator. It's more of like a, like a whoosh where I was receiving beauty, love, wisdom in such proportions. It was like, I couldn't handle it all. So I just had to just keep letting it wash through me as I made room for more and more. And it was like, things were just, it's like the saying, moving from glory to greater glory to greater glory. So much insight. And I was filled with joy, like ecstatic bliss with, with the nature of reality. And this went on what seemed like, I feel like I spent a lifetime on that people mover, even though I didn't have a body, but I, I was still me, but I, and I felt like while the, the realization that I had during that time was, wow, if I could have just a glimpse of this while I was back in my body, then I would really do what I came here to do. Like that's, that's the goal. That's the dream of being, being a, a spiritual being, having a human experience is to remember where we come from. So I, I kind of challenged myself, like, can I remember this? Can I keep a little, a little thimble full of this when I come back into my body, if I'm allowed to come back into my body? And the words luminous humanness came to me while I was there. Like I would be like, the goal is to become luminous, filled with light while we're still in our bodies with our feet on the ground, our head in the sky. And that would be the, the optimum. That's the optimum goal. So when I noticed, I became aware of the pandemonium in the restaurant and with my husband and my friends, and I felt guilty that they were having a 911 moment while I was having the time of my life. I, I decided, okay, I, I will come back in. And I pulled myself in, grabbed the arm of the paramedic and said, take my pulse again before you take me away. And they did. And I started to have a, a pulse again. And I, so to me, it's just ever since that time, I feel like it, I think about it every day. I meditated on it when I'm, when I was writing this book, Luminous Humanness, I, I had to just immerse myself in the consciousness that I felt while I was on the other side. And I, writing the book was a process of building the bridge for me so that I could actually ground the feelings, the energy that I got during that time and in, into something tangible. So I feel like this book is one of those books that maybe you don't even have to open and read. It's just a book to to have nearby and just touch it. <laughs> There's some of those books I've I've had from other people that have like brought it in from a high place. It's like there's just an energy to it that 
Well, Kelly, I, I have to say, though, this is such an extraordinary story. I am going to go out and get your book oh. as soon as we get off this call. I want to hear the rest of the story. Mm. And and I'm sure how, you know, the the impact that it's that that it clearly has had on your life. So the interesting now, you want, thing, now we all need to read it. We can't. Well, just touch here's it. the we thing with the book. It. So many because this is a 365 day book. So it's a it's a day for every I mean, it's a book for every day of the year so there's just one page for each so most people when they get the book they're like oh it's july whatever it is 13th so they just pick up and they read that day they never read the introduction so most people don't know the deeper context of where this is coming from so now you know so when you get the book you'll know yes read the intro first because it, it creates a frame that just i think helps i mean even though people can pick up the book wherever they want it's yeah. not a book to read cover to cover either right. it's just a one day at a time well it sounds very inspiring so thank you for sharing thank luminous you, humanist i love saying that it's just great to say so now yes. let's we got to talk about dreams yeah, now. yeah so yes. i want to start off with the fact that i i've read that people dream every night but not all of us remember our dreams so for example my husband wakes up every morning and almost every morning thank goodness he wakes up every morning thank but god almost right. every morning right. Right. <laughs> he shares a dream he's had he has such vivid dreams and adventures and whatnot i i know i dream at night but i very rarely remember a dream and actually i'm always envious of him because he has these great adventures and we laugh and sometimes they're funny and and whatnot so what is this about what is it about some yeah. of us who remember our dreams and people like me who rarely remember a dream well let me just address this really quick if you have any remembered dreams, do you have any that you've ever recalled? Like every once oh, in yes. a while? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And I, well, then, I wake up in the morning and I know that I've had a dream. And sometimes right. even when I'm having a dream, there's times when I've thought to myself in the dream, I have to remember this tomorrow. And then I wake up and it's gone. Right. They are, their dreams are typically, for most people, they're hard to remember because the from the process of, of waking up when we're sleeping, we're connected to a different part of our brain than the part that wakes up. So it's like there's there's a gap between conscious and unconscious and the prefrontal cortex and the limbic brain. It's like there's this journey that we travel from one place to the next. And that in the journey, the dreams get lost. Typically, if we don't go out of our way to remember them, and there's a few techniques that I can that I can talk about that can help. Yes, there are yeah. just like there's some people that are naturally great singers. There's the Mariah Carey's of the world that just goes, oh, and she hits those notes. And some other, you know, some of us have to take vocal lessons and we'll never get to that place. But we can but we can improve a natural gift that we we all have the ability to remember dreams and to work with them. There's just some people like your husband that just, you know, are naturally gifted in that area. But you can have just a few remembered dreams and still you can ride those dreams all the way home. Even so, so there's a few people I know that only remember really spectacular dreams and those dreams have changed their lives. Hmm. Sometimes there's, so here's the blessing. If you're somebody who doesn't remember a lot of dreams, cause you can always find the positive when you do remember them. And even if you just remember a, a detail, one little snippet of a dream, it might even be easier to, 
to go down that rabbit hole because you don't have such a glut of information that you're just overwhelmed by data. You can take the dreams that you do remember and imagine that you can meditate on that and go go further through the you know the the portal that it opens up. So it's okay to only remember a random dream every once in a while. But here's when you do some people that are naturally gifted at remembering dreams, they might just have greased the wheel. They might be maybe more interested, or it's just they're coming. I mean, we all dream every night, three to nine dreams every single night. It's not a matter. Mm. It's, it's not in proportion to the dreams we remember. We all are dreaming the same amount. It's just about recalling them. So you're okay. And you're, and you're in good company. Some really brilliant people that I know only remember dreams every once in a while. And that's okay. Just take note of the ones that you do remember and bring them to me, (laughs) like reach out to me and let's like, let's work on it, unpack it and get the gold from those dreams. Well, good. I want to talk about some of those, but you, you, you also say that dreams are the ultimate wake up call. Yeah. And so what are some of the things we can learn from our dreams? And then what would be those first steps to start finding meaning in them? I guess. Right. And remembering them. Exactly. Yes. Well, I think it it actually let's do it in this order the way that you just presented it like to know i think we're not apt to go out of our way to remember a dream unless we assign importance to it if we think which most people do that they're just the random firings of an overstimulated brain then we're not going to go out of our way to remember them but when we when we hear how much dreams have informed civilization, how much they've changed lives, how they've made people rich, how they've healed people's bodies. Then we start to get a little bit of dream FOMO. We start to get jealous. You know, we start to be like, hey, I want one of those. That's good because that will propel us. That makes us curious and interested in remembering our own dreams. So here's just a few of those little factoids. Like Albert Einstein, credited his dreams and his dreaming mind for the theory of relativity on his on his deathbed he said it was the dream that he had when he was a he was a teenager that where he was sledding through the alps and he broke through the sound barrier in his dreams and he received a ton of information about the nature of life and world and physics and it was that dream space that he would refer to when he was trying to solve a problem or trying to work on one of his hypotheses. So a dream space has informed the smartest man that we we credit in our Western world. Also, Thomas Edison, who invented, he got, he invented the light bulb and that came from a dream that he had. And so we could say that we would be without any technology, without light, without without a dream. Also, the sewing needle came from a dream. Elias Howe at the turn of the century, he um at the at the turn of the the other century, <laughs> he it, it propelled the entire industrial revolution this one sewing needle. So we have clothes and we have light because of dreams. And then there's other people I know. There's a guy who I actually personally know who invented the fake tree designs in his dream, he had these, he saw cell towers and then he envisioned trees superimposed on top of these cell phone towers. He woke up, sketched what he saw, patented it and is making millions of dollars on his fake tree designs that cover cell 
towers in urban areas. So that's like, all, where, where did that awesome. come from? So to know that they are important, they are valuable, we can. And then there's my two chicken soup for the soul books are filled with stories of people who met the love of their life because of the guidance they got in a dream or because or they were they they were given a clean bill of health, but their dream was indicating that there was something else to look for. Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis had a dream that there was a monk pointing at her breast saying, no, go back for another mammogram, go back, go back. She went back several times, finally got exploratory surgery only to find stage three cancer in her breast that was undetected by all of the other instruments. And she's alive and well and thriving today because of that dream. So hearing about these stories gives us that little bit of, ooh, okay, tonight I'm going to remember a dream. And if you if we have that thought before we go to sleep, I want to remember at least a part of a dream before we go to sleep. This is called a dream declaration mm-hmm. where you set a strong intent before you go to sleep. Then you go to sleep, have your dream. And then upon awakening, before you move your body, you have to replay at least three times. That's the magic number. The last the last thing you were thinking about, it could be dreaming about, it could be the song that was in your mind, whatever you were thinking about before you wake up, before you transition, write that down. And that will be a connection. If it's not the exact dream, it will be a connection to whatever you were dreaming. And that's how you start to build the muscle of, of recall. You start to build the bridge. I love that. I am definitely going to try that for sure. Great. So you I could, could do it. Over my, so I can get over my dream envy here. Here's another but, piece of yeah. it. Here's another piece. And this is something that I'm guilty of too. A lot of us will wake up with some little piece of the dream, but we'll go, oh, that's ridiculous. That was nothing. That was just stupid. And because often it's it's coded, it's strange, it's bizarre. We don't give it the importance that it deserves. So we will discard it only to realize that it was the lottery ticket in, in code. <laughs> so we just have to just not take any of it. I always say, don't take your dreams lying down. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what it is, write it down, acknowledge it and pay attention to it and, and ask yourself what, like, if this symbol is random as it is, if this were coming to me for the purpose of my healing, my health and my wholeness, how might, how might it be doing that? How might this dream as strange as it is, be giving me a message to make my life better. And when looked at and examined from that perspective, even if we do some journaling or talking to a friend about it, we'll start to go, oh, well, I could see how this dream is trying to get, it's like, it's always trying to give us something. And that's the frame to look at it from. How is this trying to help me? And then that's, often- That's fascinating. That's what we'll, well get. Well, some, some of the dreams that I, that I do remember. So for example, I'm a writer. I just finished my second novel. And Congratulations. I found, yeah, and Excuse I Excuse me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's have but a moment. If, if you write a novel though, a big you, deal. Get, you get so involved with your characters. Yes. And both times I have, I do find I dream when I've been writing the novels and I, my characters are in the dreams and I actually have remembered some of those that have actually helped me with different plot lines. So I've done that, which I feel good about, but I feel like I feel brilliant with so many of us though, that a lot of my dreams are, they just seem like they're anxiety dreams. So they're the ones that we all have where we're falling 
yeah. or we can't find our way or the ones where, you know, you've been out of school forever and yeah. you you're in school and you're on campus and it's exam time and you can't you're remember where your class is and you didn't <laughs> study for it. And if you're like, you know, and I, you know, I know everyone has, has probably had that dream. And yeah. then I have one there. I do have one recurring one that I remember yeah. and that's that I'm in a car and I, and my brakes don't stop. So I always think, well, that's an easy one. I must be feeling my life is out of control. But I, so what do these things mean? What do we, when we have those kinds of dreams, what are we looking for? What do they say to us? Right. Uh, well, I first, there's so many things I want to say. I want to first just say bravo to you for recognizing the information that you got for your creative project and then for applying it. This is something that that so many creative people do. And there's some creative people that haven't yet done it. And it's so helpful to be able to think about with with whatever you're thinking about with excitement, with passion before you go to sleep will tend to be kind of the baton that you pass to your subconscious mind to do the dreaming. And that's that will tend to be what you stir up and what you get. So if you are wondering how your characters or how you're going to resolve this plot line or how to do whatever, think about it right before you go to sleep and even start to meditate on that before you go to sleep. So bravo to you. My husband's a music producer and he'll often wake up with a tune or wake up with some music or he'll go, ah, I know where this is going to go. And he'll jump right into the studio and play what he was hearing as best as possible. So that's a really great use of dreams. Um, regarding the anxiety dreams, most remembered dreams actually are filled with anxiety and are would be of the nightmare variety. Be and in some way, this is this is adaptive because we, our human species, has survived millennia, and one of our the the features that gives us the ability to survive so well is our ability to dream about all these worst case scenarios, all these things that might go wrong, could go wrong, so that we can in some way have a rehearsal for all of that negative stuff so that we can feel a little bit more confident when we wake up because we've handled, we've just gone through all the fires, all the floods, all the chasing, all the not good enoughs, all the being ridiculed. And it's like, okay, all right, I did. I can. I can survive. So we're good survivors because of that function. So I want everybody to hear. There's nothing wrong with you if you're having these dreams. It means in some way that they're venting dreams. You're you're being a you're becoming a better survivor because of these dreams. I like to think of them as venting dreams, where, whereby your subconscious mind is helping you to flush out the things that are scary to you, disconcerting to you, so that when you wake up, you have more bandwidth to be able to use creatively and presently with, with, with what you're working on in your life. So decoding these a little bit more, like dialing in a little bit more deeply. My dog is crying. She wants to be a part of this conversation. Do you mind if I grab her? Bear with me one second. My dog may well be barging into my room. <laughs> Here she is. Oh, and she's, she's beautiful. little drama queen and wants to be. She's well. I have two dogs that have the doors closed, <laughs> and they always know the when I'm doing this, and they may well join us too any moment. Oh, that's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. So okay. we're talking about diving a in a little more into. Yes. Yes. So let me are. just start with like um the car not having brakes. This is this is one that I hear quite a bit. So 
in some way, yeah, there's, we could say that just what you said, like maybe my, my life feels out of control and my dream is reflecting that. Also, there's, there's something about not being able to find the breaks. Like I think a lot of people that have these dreams, if they, if it's my dream and I've had these dreams before, it's also, I don't know necessarily how to give myself a break, like how to, like, maybe I'm a workaholic, maybe. And I do, I do. I love my work. So it's, yeah. So the dream could be saying, maybe you need a break. You need to get better at taking breaks. And you also maybe need to give yourself a break because we always feel like, well, I'm not there, there, like there's no there, there. Like once I accomplish this, there's always 10 more things to do. So I need to give myself a break and have a moment of maybe celebration, pause between projects and to be able to just revel. It's kind of like before climbing the next mountain, celebrate the fact that, wow, look how far I've come. Like the old Virginia Slims ad, like come a long way, baby, give yourself a break, like, yay. And also, you know, take some breaks during the day. That's, that's one thing. And also I always, I love, I love that because it's such a positive way of looking at it. And I would never have thought to look at that. I've always just thought, oh gosh, it means I'm out of control of my life right now. And I never thought to turn it and look at it that way. That's so helpful, Kelly, really. You're welcome. And this is like one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of people in the dream community that's, that say dream dictionaries are a no-no because Nobody can tell you definitively what your dream is about. I've written two dream dictionaries. And what I say is there's a disclaimer in the beginning that says, don't take this as the gospel. Like use my definitions of these symbols based, and they're based on my experience with thousands of dreams. And they're also based on cross-referencing them with with ancient symbols and beliefs in, th- in symbols. So use it as a jumping off point. And if it, if what I say in my books, um, the, I, the first one is I had the strangest dream, the dreamer's dictionary for the 21st century. And the second one is more focused on relationships. It's called the love, sex and relationship dream dictionary. If my definition doesn't resonate, then please, it's all meant to empower you to find the one that does. So if what I say does resonate, then then keep it. If it doesn't, then let it go and consider that you're a step closer to finding your own resonance with what it means to you. I do tend to look at dreams from the perspective that they are coming to us in the service of our health, healing, and wholeness. They're not here to pathologize us and tell us what's wrong with us and how bad we are, which is kind of our knee-jerk way of looking at dreams. Most people do. Like I, you know, if I have a shark, it's like, oh, something's trying to kill me. Something's trying to get me. It's like, wait a minute. What if it's also trying to empower you so that you can swim with the sharks in your business a little bit more boldly, you know? So that's what I I like to say. I love that. Did you find that um, during COVID that people had different kinds of dreams, stranger dreams? Actually, yes. There was a lot of research. Dr. Deidre Barrett from Harvard did did a lot of research where she pooled a lot of people about what, the, what they were dreaming during the height of COVID in the in the U.S. And a lot of the common symbols were a lot of bugs. So, you know, a, 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 like germs and, and there being infestations of a lot of chasing dreams being chased by some nefarious thing that we're trying to evade. The dreams that I personally came across in my own unofficial research, just with working with clients and doing shows like this, so many people 
having hugging anxiety, like hugging someone and something bad happening or trying to hug and then getting jolted like with an electric shock or there being, because we weren't allowed to hug right. during this time. And so many of us are hug centric. We need our hugs. And, but in order to survive, we needed to be told, stop it. Don't hug right now. Refrain, refrain, stay away. Will Robinson or whatever that is it's like back away, back away. So I think our dreams were, there was a lot of, a lot of that, a lot more anxiety dreams happening more than normal um, during, during COVID for sure. Yeah, I would, I would think so. So mm -hmm. I can't believe how fast this time has gone. I could be talking to you for hours, but unfortunately we don't have hours, but I have one, one last question to ask you before we go. And that's how we use, how can we use dreams to manifest what we want? Great question. I love this. So this is one thing, and I call this dream manifesting. and I have a whole workshop on my website for this. If people want to take a deeper dive meditations and it's a whole process. So on my homepage, which is kellysullivanwalden.com, or I had the strangest dream.com about halfway down, there's a, there's a banner for dream manifesting. but here's the nutshell of it similar to what I've been saying, think about what you want to dream about. Like if you have a goal, an outcome, imagine like take, because your dreams are, are they're, they're connected to the visual cortex. So it needs to be visual, visualize a moment in your future that would be wonderful and exciting for you with regards to one particular issue. I mean, I always use this, for example, like I just love Paris and I wanted to just be in Paris. I just, it's like, I just have to be there. So I just, I would envision me standing near the Eiffel Tower and how happy I would be. And I started to dream about it. And it was like before long, I ended up in Paris and my book, The Love, Sex and Relationship Dictionary got translated into French, which is so exciting. And they've been, so I'm invited to come and do some events when I awesome. come there next. But it's in, it's called Le Dictionnaire Erotique <laughs> de Rêve. <laughs> Sounds anyway, very sexy in French. I know, erotique. <laughs> so think about what you want in the moments before you go to sleep. And you can write yourself a little bedtime story. You can find a picture in a magazine or a picture of yourself looking the way you want to look or having the happy relationship or the healed relationship with somebody. Think about that in the positive aspect of it before you go to sleep. That's handing the baton over to your subconscious mind. And then when you awaken in the morning, pay attention to that dream that you have, even if it seems unrelated and know that that dream is giving you a clue as if you were a detective on the case of how to solve this, this, this puzzle or this, this issue, it's giving you a step in the direction towards manifesting it. So your dream manifesting is really based on the bookends of what you do before you go to sleep and what you do upon awakening. And there's some wonderful meditations that you can listen to that I have on my dream manifesting page that will help you get more deeply inside of this and plug in that visual image of yourself um, more, more specifically and deliberately. 
Well, that is terrific. I mean, this is Kelly, this has been such a fascinating conversation, really. I can't thank you enough. We just we didn't have enough time. We're gonna have to have you back again. <laughs> On a I will be so happy to come be, back. It would be so great. And yeah, and I want to unpack more of your dreams specifically. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. your um your website again is Kelly Sullivan Walden.com and we'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you. And um and again people can get your wonderful new book and it's just been a delight and honestly i can't wait to go to sleep tonight to practice so these techniques sick. there is by the way a free meditation that you can get on kellysullivanwalden.com it's one of my luminous humanness meditations i give away for free so that you can listen to it as you go to sleep and what i've been told is that if it's an, it's now an app by the way so you can also download the app from the apple store or wherever you get your apps but if you listen to that meditation as you go to sleep it'll tend to really set you up to have not only sweet dreams, I mean, a good sleep, but actually think about the things that it'll help to stimulate that part of you that thinks in a really positive way about your life as you go to sleep. So it's, it, there's a free meditation on my website that I that really is, recommend. That is so awesome. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> so sweet dreams. Thank you sweet so dreams. much. Thank you, Cheryl. Oh, thank you.